This is Menle Golikai Agri. And this is Lauren Yoshiko, and you're listening to Broccoli Talk, a podcast for cannabis lovers. So on today's episode, I get to share an interview I did with Janine Lee, the co-founder of Floss Gloss, which some of you may be familiar is a super cool nail polish brand that has been around for a few years. And what she didn't really know when she was getting started was that they were tapping into this audience that didn't really have a name yet or an identity. And oftentimes that audience was girls who smoked weed. And I think it's so cool to listen to her talk about trying not only to be taken seriously uh, as a young woman just starting a business with her friend, but also trusting their like creative instincts and the way they talked to people and customers because now that community is really strong. I just love the conviction they had in speaking to women like them, even if no other brand was really doing so, so like casually and comfortably yet. I love it. I think it's a really brilliant intersection of, I guess, markets or industries, if you want to call it that. I mean, I've surprisingly to myself turned into like a nail gal. I think it's been about 20 years since I had acrylics. And just this past year, I like started doing it and really just having more fun with my nails. And I know that's something you're into. Um, It's just an artistic extension. I'm really... I'm really into it, and I love that that force behind their business. One thing that I don't even know if I talked about and is very pertinent to me right now as I'm going through a lot of rapid life changes, and I just moved like yesterday, doing my nails like as an act, yes, being stoned and doing some art uh, is always meditative, but like... I get a lot of joy just seeing my nails look cute and like being proud of myself for having done it. I was trying to put it into words in my notes and it's like these little like aesthetic gifts. And and I'm not somebody who's like wildly stylish. And like when I have bright nail colors that like match my keychain and I like get a glimpse of my hand as I grab my keys, like I get a little endorphin boost. I feel like lately, especially just (laughs) I like to do my own nails. I know that everybody misses their the relationships with their nail technicians but like intense nail colors have helped me in quarantine no question is there anything else new you want to share before we get going if I'm honest not really I want to just dive into the bright and beautiful world of like what we do with our hands that are responsible for so much but today is Juneteenth and I just wanted to talk a little bit about it because I think it is sort of a, a rather potent time and a motive time for people to think about it globally and internationally. And um, for those who don't know, Juneteenth is a holiday basically celebrating the liberation of those who had been held as slaves in the U.S. And it originated in Texas and it's celebrated annually. And um, it's just a day of joy as well. And I think those two go hand in hand, no pun intended, um, but just that that joy of expression and like freedom. And you know how I am. I always sound corny when I try to put two, two things together, but um, but it brings me joy. And I'm glad that there are those things and those moments, even during these times as people still are, you know, suffering from different illnesses of COVID and et cetera, et cetera. Um, that joy is just, again, really potent. 
that's what it's all about. Like, this is real life. There's joy and there's honesty. There's going to be like really hard pills to swallow and really wonderful triumphs to highlight. And like that all is going to happen in the same minute some days. And that's real. And that's okay because when we try to negate either one with the other, like, that's not being productive or realistic either. So just like talking about plants while there's global protests going on, I think it's fucking appropriate to celebrate Juneteenth with like brimming joy this year. Are you ready to get into it? I'm ready. Let's get it. Hey, my name is Janine Lee, and I'm the co-founder and former CEO of Floss Gloss. I like weed, and I like nail polish, and somehow Floss Gloss is touching both those things. It was like that same feeling being a small town kid opening up like Vibe magazine the first time and just like seeing a world out there that you like didn't know existed that seemed really exciting and maybe resonated with you a little more. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. This is not Essie nail polish stands at the store. For some reason, it did resonate with me like on a stoner girl level, but in no way did you like directly say that. So I want to talk about college Janine because I feel like that's when these two things combined for you the most, weed and nails. Is that right? I graduated from high school in Connecticut, which wasn't necessarily a hotbed of uh, progression for cannabis. So when I got to college, it was just more freeing and being in the Bay Area topics that my college roommates and my friends were talking about were just like more open than I'd ever talked to anyone about. I never talked to any of my girlfriends about masturbating before. And I was at a dinner party in Berkeley and some girl was talking about that. And I was like, wow, this is PC conversation. Like, I love the Bay Area. I was working really hard on my major. I went to school for fashion design and design majors are just typically more involved than uh, fine art majors as far as coursework. And when I met Aretha, my business partner, Floss Gloss co-founder, it was like those two worlds merged and I kind of like tapped back into my painterly like nail craze side because in high school I was like getting acrylic for dances. I would always have my toes painted. I was like spending my babysitting money on getting pedicures. I just had kind of abandoned that when I got to school because it was like all about school and just like getting my degree. When Aretha and I met, she was so like free and was mixing all these cool nail polish colors that I had never seen before in nails, really vibrant neons. And I was like, dude, this is this is so cool. And we had an English class together and that kind of solidified our relationship and our friendship. And I found out she lived a couple blocks away from me in the mission and she just came over and was just like a fixture in my apartment. She brought like a fanny pack full of nail polish, pulling out a swisher and we would just smoke a blunt, watch ANTM and just have nail time. It was like the purest form of floss gloss. It was just out of a friendship and just like a smoke sesh that is never ending. Oh, that is like poetry. I think that you tapped into a like a creative freedom. Like that expressive element is so meditative for me. Like I did have a girl, like my weed friends in college, I was in Santa Cruz. So I had a very like earthy crew. They were the girls that were like, get me on a surfboard, get me on a skateboard. Let's go on a hike barefoot and take some acid. Like they, I brought the nail polish to those parties for sure. <laughs> but now, that's like my me time like get high 
very leisurely select some colors, pick out something that looks like it'll be fun to do and just like have a little art hour on my nails. I love that experience. So at what point did it go from just swisher sessions to being like, should we do this for real, for real? So we graduated into the recession. There was like no jobs for for us. Aretha, Aretha graduated with a painting degree. I graduated with a design degree. And without having a tech background or coding, it was just really hard. So we both went into service. Aretha was already waiting tables and I was bartending. And spring 2011, my dad came up to visit. We got tattoos. And I was telling him that I wanted to make flossgloss.tumblr dot com flossgloss.com because we were taking tons of photos and we were just like we need to have our own domain you know it was definitely like ownership vibes and I was looking on legal zoom just to see if you could get the domain without like the business or whatever and my dad was like just start the business I'll float I'll like float you the 500 bucks and I t- called Aretha after her shift and I was like I signed up for a business license I really think we should just do this like we should just do floss gloss like we've always talked about it'll check all the boxes we'll have cute packaging great quality and it'll be us it'll be like exactly what we're doing right now and she was just like mm, okay like what else are we doing you know and we that's kind of that was the moment like it was just for a domain name and I didn't go to business school you know I went to art school we wrote a business plan through google and we just started pitching all of our friends and family and i cried like every day and had to still go to work at the bar i didn't think it was ever gonna happen honestly okay so wait when you first got those first line of bottles made how many colors did you have we were super undercapitalized, but we were able to raise like just enough to meet the minimums of our manufacturers our domestic manufacturers here and we've only gone through like u.s based manufacturers, private label. So we ordered 40,000 pieces of nail polish, like 40,000 bottles. I remember telling Aretha, like, if this doesn't work out, at least we can have as much nail polish for ourselves as we want for a long time. So we chose our favorite, like, rainbow of shades so that in case it didn't work out, we would be, like, happy with the collection. Even though we had, like, literally 40,000 pieces, like 60,000 caps. Like, we just wanted to do it on a larger scale so we would be taken seriously. And we launched our first collection summer 2012. It was such a moment. Everyone thought the world was going to explode. Women were really like coming up, I feel like, with indie brands. Now there's so many female founders. But at the time, it just wasn't the same. Indie beauty just wasn't as available. Really, we had no other like formative muses to go forward. We just knew what we had been doing in college and what we were doing in our own little clique that we were just like, fuck it. And that's definitely early 20-something sheer will. But the collection had 11 shades plus top coat and base coat because our manufacturer was like, you can't release nail polish collection without top coat and base coat. And we're like, facts. So, and even honestly, finding people to work with us was a huge challenge because we were 22, 23. We have no work experience or market trade experience in beauty or in color cosmetics. And we didn't get callbacks for like so many things because they're just like, oh, you're just a kid. You're just trying to, you want what? You want a quote? Like, You know, it just was like hard to establish. So when that finally happened and we were selling product, you know, we'd been pushing on Tumblr for a a minute, just our nail art. And then when we were like, oh my God, like we're actually launching a line, we'd already kind of had like a small little cult following just on Tumblr. So when we actually started selling stuff, it was really cool and validating to see that people were like, oh my God, y'all really did it. (laughs) We were like, yeah, we really did it. That was awesome. Yeah.
You know the boost you get from even a quick retreat into nature? Rogue Origin brings you that feeling through their CBD hemp pre-rolls and flower. Picture their farms in the heart of Rogue Valley in southern Oregon, one of the world's premier cannabis and hemp growing environments. Breathe it in, lush and green with dramatic mountains. It's a slice of paradise. Rogue Origin is a farm direct company, so there's no one in the middle between the cultivators and you. Enjoy free shipping anytime and visit rogueorigin.com slash broccoli for 50% off pre-rolls and 30% off flour. While you're there, check out the Rogue Origin live online concert series featuring singer-songwriter Caitlin Gemma and enter to win a collection of one of every product from their catalog. That's rogueorigin.com slash broccoli and follow along on Instagram at rogueorigin. You knew you didn't want to be a stoner brand, right? The cards were already stacked against us. We were young. We were trying to be taken seriously. And by being open about our weed smoking, it just would have been another thing, another realm of judgment. You know, you're a slacker. You're lazy. You're unmotivated. Maybe what you're saying you're going to do really isn't what you're going to do. Like that stigma was still really palpable for a lot of people in 2011, 2012, even though we were living in this like Bay Area bubble. Maybe because I also like had to conceal it growing up that I created my own bubble of shame, you know, and being like, oh, we can't talk about it because it will it will detract from us. It will be something that people will talk about first and they'll prejudge us. When I did go to the Bay and I was like, wow, this is a this is like liberation that still wasn't translating across the country. Right. Places in Michigan or like in Ohio where we had stockists in South Carolina, you know, like we wanted to be fun and be authentic. But we we also wanted to ensure that like we could survive as a business, which now I would think differently. But at the time, you're seeking that approval. I mean, how soon until you saw your users tagging you in content that showed their floss gloss manicure with weed shit? so soon and I feel like we invited that you know because if you know us personally you know that we smoke weed it's just like you're exactly what you're saying it's just like unspoken unadvertised element of floss gloss honestly one of our retailers in Seattle it's a boutique called Tricome they displayed floss gloss shades with swisher flavors like the packaging corresponding colors it's still one of the most beautiful images a retailer has like ever sent to us being like, we got floss gloss, guys. And I was like, oh my God, it was in a case, like in a glass case and all the colors matched perfectly. Those kinds of moments for me, I was like, they're picking up what we're putting down, but we can also rock with women that aren't smoking weed. We can like rock with an older group. We can rock with like a younger group. Nail polish really transcends so many demographics, so many age groups, like the vibe is there for sure. I am like newer to the realm of of marketing and branding and now I see see how like authenticity is thrown around as a goal be authentic be authentic be real brands need to be real and then they hire 30 people and spend hours trying to nail down what real is and it's like (laughs) what a crazy world but I think you cracked into it accidentally which is probably the only way to do real authenticity and that's fucking cool and 
no one else was validating you immediately. So like that conviction in just you guys doing what you knew women like you and your friends would love. That's what it is about. You can't be what you can't see until you just be the first. And when you go on to Floss Gloss's Instagram, like it feels like you're walking into the girl's bathroom. The cool girls are there that are always nice to you and also smoke you out and you can't wait to gossip with them. It was like proving to us that it wasn't just us or it wasn't just like within our circle of friends. It was like all over and it seems kind of like antiquated to say that now. At the time, it just wasn't as public. Like social media wasn't as developed as it is now. You know, Facebook had only been around for like five years. There was no, Instagram wasn't sharing the same way. For me personally, I did feel like it was a radical act of womanness to be smoking a joint in public with like my nails done and a fucking pink vintage sweater or something. Mixing traditional femininity in my like small town understanding of it with things that didn't seem socially like they were meant for women or okay for women to enjoy. It felt like the most radical thing, like way more satisfying than shoplifting from Walmart or whatever. Like I, I remember feeling like a really bold sense of, of, fuck yes, this is me. I am me and I'm not going to change, even though it's something as small as like feeling girly and being stoned. Like that sounds so silly now, but it really uh, prior to the last five years did feel pretty special. And that's, I think, what you're talking about as well. Like there's there's so many facets of femininity that haven't yet gotten their communities into the light. Women haven't had the, the space or the luxury to feel comfortable participating in some of those activities and not being judged or like not living up to society's expectations. You can do it all. You can smoke weed and be functional. You know, you can smoke weed and be successful. We're not fucking around. Like, no more men in the beauty space. What do men know about making beauty for women? Like, they're not wearing it. Let's be real about it. Let's fucking talk about it. And honestly, a lot of our manufacturers, they're all men. And women are their supporting roles. You know, they're like helping out. It's all run by men. So we were really trying to like break that down in a way that we didn't realize the impact this is the real gender dynamic shit is like women having equal stake in business, not whether or not I can feel like philosophically guilty about curling my eyelashes. That's my own weird shit. <laughs> for me, Floss Gloss was the outlet to communicate how I felt for other women. I, I'm just kind of having this breakthrough moment on this call, but I think it gave me a channel to let other women and other people that use our products know that like you can be whoever you want. Like you can just go out and take it. I wasn't always super confident in what we were doing. You know, it was, I was never able to look at it this removed, I feel like in the way, because there were so many other variables and things happening you're, when you're trying to get a business like operating. But the moments that I've been able to have conversations like these, it really does remind me that what we did and our impact here is not just about floss gloss and sales. It's about like setting the tone for other women and other generations of women and girls to have something to look up to. Like I knew everyone who was making my product, which made me feel like our impact was just more responsible and more sustainable. I'm glad you're getting this time. Like I saw that you are kind of stepping back from the helm helm of things to do some other side projects and that's good that you're getting to look back now and like see some of this when before you were probably a little too in it to really feel all these incredible fringe like effects. 
tell me a little bit about like this current chapter and what it feels like to be able to have a little space from Floss Gloss. In 2019, in the summer, I have decided to step down from the CEO role and I'm still an owner, but I'm not actively operating day to day. And it burnout is really real. I just want to put that out there. Like I feel like so many hardworking women, we just do so much and we're just like never going to sleep until things are done. I just know too many women that are like that, that just don't give themselves the boundaries and the space and the time because they feel like there's not enough time, you know, for their projects and what they're working on. And I was totally suffering from burnout without even knowing it. And I needed to really take a step back. I had been going full force 24 seven, 365 really since 2012. Well, 2011, writing the business plan, but 2012, we released the collection and then it just like snowballed from there. And I needed time to like check in with myself. So I decided to step down to just like heal and repair and like do some self care and some mental health work. I had never really thought I was depressed, but I really was at like a super low point in my life and didn't really realize because I felt like what I was doing and being in floss gloss was like so uplifting and so amazing. And I like loved my job. You know, just kept telling myself like, you love your job. Like, why would you ever leave? I was just neglecting so much of myself because I was leaving everything on the table every day. I, I like left the office. I had decided to step down to kind of take some time. And of course, like I am just such a workaholic busybody. I couldn't help myself. And I started working with Braindings, which is one of my favorite, favorite CBD brands here in Brooklyn, which was awesome because I never thought I would ever be able to like work in weed. It was so cool to be able to like push through the looking glass in a way and be on the other side and be a part of the community from a business perspective and just like be down for the cause. I felt so honored to be a part of that space with Braindings this past fall. So that has been badass and therapeutic in itself. I like these moments in cannabis that show like people like you that have experience in independent companies like that is that's what weed needs right now. As a consumer, I feel lucky that I'm able to participate in the recreational heyday, right? Like we're able to go into a club without a card and to buy weed and to to hang out, but at the price of people that are still paying for it, that are still incarcerated. So given our current climate that's been on top of mind for so many for me, I know, and for so many of my friends and my colleagues, it's just time to make changes. So I really want to actively ask the Broccoli podcast listeners to just do what you can to like donate and just get educated on what's happening. We're standing on the shoulders of a long line of people who have worked really hard and suffered a lot more consequences. You know, how do you use your platform to do good? How do you use your platform to keep educating and to be authentic to how you really feel like you're running your business? right? Like you're the one in charge. You're giving the directions for socials for posting. Like it's okay if you didn't do it last month or last year, or if you're just finding out about it right now, there's never a time like the present and it's okay to do it now. Yes. It is never too late to start being better. All of us. I think that's a really good point, especially after the black square sort of back and forth seeing it's, it's way more, it's way more meaningful for brands to just have that open dialogue with people about like, all right, we got, we missed the mark here, y'all. And people want that. They want to know who's making these decisions and, and why they were made. From day one at Floss Gloss, what I really had on the brain was like, we need to be as, as inclusive as possible. And I am a biracial, I'm half Korean, half white, from privilege, but also identify as a minority. 
And I just was like, we have to be inclusive for all genders, races, ages, everything. And I think other companies did follow our lead with that, which I feel grateful for. But the like I said, the work is still has to be done. So I hope that other brands out there can take that lead to just keep talking about it and, and keep activating because you don't know how powerful your words or your live could be to impact someone like you have to really think beyond yourself when you're on that platform. Okay, well, I have my perf polish still like in pretty good form, but close us out with your perfect nail sesh at home. Oh my god. Okay, well, honestly, I did think about this because I am not wearing nails right now. You know, we're in COVID. So I haven't been going to see my tech and no acrylics. And I just haven't given into press ons yet. Because secretly, sometimes I like to pick my nose, you know, all quarantine, all I was doing was just doing really fun pedicures because I have the time and I'm just smoking weed. Basically, just be your own bedazzler. If I could leave one fun tip here for like anyone that wants to do a DIY home mani, get you some rhinestones, some like crystals and a wax tipped picker pen and just start gluing them on your nails. Like a little bling goes a long way for a mood. More gems. Thank you so much. I, I could honestly talk to you all day but can you tell readers where they can find you or listeners <laughs> if you want to connect with me you can find me on instagram at janine.world or janineworld.com if you want to check out what i've been doing on a work level or you want to get in touch in an email um and yeah lauren thank you so much for having me i'm so honored to be on broccoli talk i love you guys and Minlay and Anya like thank you I'm such a fan I'm fangirling too perfect thank you so much this episode was produced by Anya Charbonneau our music is by Giselle Garcia and our logo design is by Jennifer Wright visit Broccoli online at broccolimag.com and on Instagram at broccoli underscore mag we appreciate you